sometimes unconventional, but always entertaining. They're kooky and they're spooky. It's time to cross to the other side. Welcome to Spooky Sundays with Anne and Renata. Good evening, everyone. Let me tell you now, this is going to be one <laughs> hell of a show. Oh, I don't know if you know, we're we've, rocking and rolling. <laughs> we've broken the desk before we've even started the show, and we've taken things out of the list that were meant to be gone, and they're back in. And I said fairy this afternoon, so it's probably my fault. Welcome to Spooky Sundays, Australia's spookiest radio show. I'm going to put that claim out there. I am Anne. I am one of your hosts this evening, a paranormal investigator. Extraordinaire, and sitting to my left is the delicious, delightful. Oh no, it's Renata, who is our psychic medium paranormal investigator who decided to talk through the introduction. I didn't know you'd press the buttons, they're on red, and there's a big red light on there. No, I wasn't watching. And uh, to save our sanity this evening, cousin Steve has come in early. Well, He's come Steve. early. I'm, I'm, I'm like Santa, you know, how you get Christmas in July. <laughs> Right. Black Santa. Yeah, here. We've had a hell of a weekend, let me tell you. We have been to Dubbo. Dub Vegas. Dub Vegas. (laughs) We've been ghost hunting and we bought Cousin Steve back a gift, didn't we? That's beautiful. I know. That's beautiful. You're not in front of the microphone, Cousin Steve. It's beautiful. I'm so sorry. I was leaning as I was trying to get my my mock joy. So you can show the microphone what you're... Uh, Yeah, I'm showing... (laughs) Look, the camera's over there. I'm going to drop it on Renata. You yeah. can't see it. So we, we have a little bit of a running joke about mock cream. So we uh, bought... Yeah, tell us whether you are team mock cream or team fresh oh, cream. Yes, you you could, some people don't know what mock cream is. 0490 <coughs> Team mock cream or team fresh cream. Text us now because it's really important. We will count up those votes. And let you know what the world has decided by the end of tonight. Zero four nine zero eight four triple eight six. Team mock cream or team fresh cream. Are we cream? trying to piggyback off my kitchen rules or something here? Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yes, uh, I. Oh, uh, the lines are running hot, Anne. Oh, they are. <laughs> oh, they are. <laughs> no, they're not. <laughs> Oh, Give them a chance. Remember, there's a bit of a delay before the audio goes out to the public. Right. Uh, oh, okay. So we drove – well, first off, Friday night, we did uh, Maitland Jail 101, which is one of our ghost hunting tours at Maitland Jail run by Newcastle Ghost Tours. Ooh. Now, to book that one, you need to go to the Maitland Jail website and book through them. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we had that till late on a Friday night, which Auntie Renata didn't go to because she was babysitting. Uh, and then we jumped in the car on Saturday morning and we drove to Dubbo. And we stopped at Denman and had a coffee and <gasps> met up with fresh. met up with Daniela. Yeah. We had Karen. We and stopped at Dunny Doo and had nothing. We <laughs> kept going. Bad memories. <laughs> well, actually, in Dunny Doo, they stopped at the Dunny. Mm. They always do. <laughs> Remember last time? What happened last time? Remember last time I walked into the men's toilets in Dunny Doo and someone had done a Dunny Do <laughs> all over the floor? <laughs> oh. Remember, I look in there. I was so mortified. Oh, oh. That that just leaves bad memories. But it's not as good as Kuma public restrooms. Uh, You haven't heard that story? Can't say I've ever been to Kuma. Okay. (laughs) Kuma. 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 I'm here to distract tonight. It's going to be a shocking show. It's going to be bad. Oh, thanks for the empty plate. Uh, (laughs) So. 
<laughs> she just passed me an empty plate. She's got all this food on her Have plate. I've got nothing. <laughs> cheese I've got a cube. Down. All right. So there was a trip that, <clears throat> sorry, we've still got a, a bit of a cold happening. We're much better. But um, yeah, we went to Kuma. I had uh, Alex and Hannah, my children, who were aged 12 and 10 at the time. And my husband was meant to come on holidays with us, but he was stuck in China. So my very good friend, Andrew Benson, came with us and he was my humper. Husband until oh. marital partner arrives. Okay. Humper. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, we, we needed to stop at Kuma on the way to the Snowy Mountains for a ski trip. And uh, he went into the bathrooms of Kuma. And what should he find but a library? Oh. It was a library of DVDs. What? Of what? Porn. What? <laughs> what? Somebody had set up a display in the Kuma bathrooms, the public bathrooms, of all these different porn DVDs. They were on top of the the uh, system where you press the button, or on the window sills. They were where you washed your hands. They were everywhere. Oh my god! Okay. And, and supposed and to play them. Was there a TV that's not the there? biggest. That's not the biggest. <laughs> I think that's the biggest problem, Renata. That's, that's Renata's biggest concern. <laughs> when you're in a public it? restroom, <laughs> is Why how are you going there? to play them? Why have them there if you can't play them? It's because there was a man there selling them. Oh. In the toilet. Oh, oh, yuck. Oh. I know. Oh, that's awful. That that poor Andrew came out going, oh, oh. Unclean. awful. Unclean. <laughs> yes, anyway, that's that's my Kuma oh, story. Wow. All right. Oh. Can I get on with my oh, um, really paranormal? Must. That's right. We could just chat all yeah. night. Thing of the week. We will. My thing of the week. <laughs> that's the thing of the week. The story of the week. Here we go. Uh, paranormal investigator captures eerie sounds of murderer and burned woman in jailhouse. Now, this story comes from New Brunswick in Canada. And the old jail there was built in 1832 and was used as a temporary holding place until it closed in 1979 due to reports of terrible conditions for inmates and protests by locals. Now, this is very new. Um, this story is uh, comes in from Chiara, um, who is a news reporter, and uh, it's dated March 2023. So a paranormal investigator has captured the eerie sounds of an executed murderer and a woman who was burned to death in a jail that is said to be haunted. The old jail in New Brunswick, Canada, was built in 1832 and is reportedly the oldest courthouse and country jail in Count, sorry, county jail in the country. She pauses at the worst possible time sometimes and it gets really awkward. I'm just going to have my one piece of cheese that she's given me. Just keep okay. going, Renata. Okay. It originally cost 3000 pounds to build in with cell doors being made out of solid iron. At the time, the only source of warmth was from one wood stove at the end of the corridor. However, due to the cold and consequential deaths, wooden walls were added to insulate the cells in 1930. Oh, how wise of them. That's so nice. Put wooden walls in. Each of the 10 cells measures 6 by 8 feet in size, creating a claustrophobic cell for the all-male prisoners. 
The jail was used as a temporary holding place until it closed in 1979 due to reports of terrible conditions for inmates and multiple local <coughs> protests against its use. The jail is known to be home to several spirits, most notably Thomas Hutchings, the last man to be executed by hanging at the site for the crime of murder. He was left on the ground in the courthouse for 12 hours following his death and while visiting the jail, the paranormal investigation claimed he felt... uh, Paranormal investigator, it should be, claimed he felt him touch her hair. Oh, thank heavens. (laughs) (laughs) I did stop after touch. You you just (laughs) pause at the worst places. (laughs) Sorry. That's my spirit guide doing that. Many other gruesome deaths took place in the jail, including burnings, hangings and multiple suicides. Ew. Living above the jail. <laughs> Ew. Ew. <laughs> Living above the jail. We should not were, be on air tonight. The jail officer and his wife. Sadly, she burned to death in unknown circumstances. Hmm. I bet he set her alight. Paranormal investigator. Happy Chelsea. thoughts, everyone. Happy thoughts. That's <laughs> my psychic <clears throat> abilities kicking in. Right. You can book Renata for a reading. <laughs> Probably get birdie to death. Paranormal investigator Chelsea Lascelles spent the night in the haunted jail cell, interacting with the spirit of Thomas, ooh, along with other spirits who revealed themselves to her through a REM device. Oh. A REM device, also known as a radiating electromagneticity device. Did you know that, Em? Yes, I did. I saw them. (laughs) I've never heard it being called that. Oh, haven't you? Okay. Uh, Is used to detect the presence of spirits and is an important tool in ghost hunting. No, it's not. No, it's not. It It just senses changes in the electromagnetic field. Yeah. It doesn't detect ghosts, no, it detects nothing changes. Det- people, nothing detects the... ghosts. Nothing. Nothing. <laughs> except, for, except for mediums and psychics. And who... then half the time you've got to wonder. Yeah. <laughs> there are people who committed suicide in here, so she says. Someone froze to death. Someone burned to death. There were a lot of tragic ways to die happening here, she said. You feel the heaviness of spirits as soon as you walk into the corridors. We believe Thomas was the one who touched my hair. He came through the spirit box a couple of times and moved... (laughs) (laughs) And it no longer works. Ectoplasm, ladies and gentlemen. I think we may have broken. She broke herself that time. We didn't even do I didn't a even, thing. I took it. I, I inhaled at the thought and then she went. <laughs> we lost her. <laughs> be a professional here, Renata. Right. It's going to be a great show, everyone. Did I tell you this is the last one we do before we head to, the bon to, to Ireland on Wednesday? <laughs> he came through the spirit box a couple of times and moved a couple of things for us. Maybe mm. they should have said spoke through the spirit yeah. box. That might be a better way of saying it. Communicated. I, I love being able to capture shots like this. Being present in these moments is amazing. It feels like you have taken a step back in time. <laughs> If I could turn back time. I can't see Copyright. through the tears. Earlier this month, a collection of images showing an abandoned £1.5 million prison in Florida, US, emerged. The detention centre was completed in April 1978 using mostly federal money, costing around £1.5 million to complete. Just said that. 
Um, did you? I actually didn't notice. Uh, He's stuck on the spirit box like everything else is. I can't go past the fact that this poor Thomas came through the spirit box and they have just said that, you know, you must be the only one that's touching me right now. I'll go with it. See what happens. That sounds like factual evidence to me. It does. It does. Mm -hmm. All right. I, I, yeah, that's it. Yeah, that's it. It drifts off onto something else and, yeah. (sighs) Sticky boxes and spirits everywhere. Yeah. So there we go. That's our news of the week, and that's the best one of, of the lot that I found. So there you go. It, the, the quality is coming down. The, qu- the quality of news of the week the is... The quality is of fun. us is coming down at the moment as well. <laughs> oh. but, but I've got a great story after 9 o'clock, so stay, stay around because it's talking about green children. Green children? Green children. Wow. That takes me back to some yes. baby jokes in the, no, the 80s. <laughs> No, no, no. You want to they... hang around for this because it, it's still unsolved. They mm. don't know why. I haven't even or... had a chance to read through my stories yet. I haven't had time. Don't be saying that. We'll it's just all different. read it together. We'll discover together. Yes. But look, we're going to head off to a song. And today's uh, tunes have been chosen by, who was it? Shane, Shane. I think. Shane sent us a huge list of songs. Thank in. So you, Shane. We sent them all to Bonnie and she's popped them in for us. So... Hang on to your knickers, guys. This is a fabulous one. We'll be back after this. Spooky Sundays with Anne and Renata on Newcastle Live. And it's the terribly professional Spooky Sundays show here with you. Ah, and it is my great joy to bring you all this evening a brand new... What are you doing to read some comments. Excuse me. This is my segment. Oh, all right. I would never interrupt your segment. No, never. Never in a million years. This is the ABC of mythical and magical (laughs) creatures, says Renata, as she sticks a carrot up her gums and pretends to be a rabbit. (laughs) I don't know what she's doing. So I thought I would go through the alphabet and look at all the mythical, mystical, supernatural creatures that are out there. And I'm going to test my co-hosts here. Do you know what an alicorn is? And hang on, hang on. Wait for Steve to go first, maybe. Corn would suggest something. Into the oh, microphone. Sorry, I'm I keep doing it all the time. <laughs> I'm not usually here. Corn would suggest something like a unicorn. Mm-hmm. So alicorn, I would imagine, might be a unicorn with someone named Alan on their forehead. That's yeah, yes. could be. Or Alan an Allison. Fl- Alice, uh, no, Alan Fletcher from Neighbours. Dr. Carl Kennedy. Right. Okay. Renata, what's <laughs> what's your? I'm I'm kind of thinking. Just got two horns. Mm-hmm. Um. So therefore, it's a, a goat. A, and a goat. Cousin Steve's closer. So, oh. Oh. <laughs> Alan Fletcher. <laughs> wow. Okay. All right. Do you know what a unicorn looks like? Yes. Okay. Yes. It's a horse with a horn on its head. Yes. Now, do you know what Pegasus looks like? Got wings. It's a horse with wings. Yes. Like Libra Fleur. <laughs> right. <laughs> Rightio. We're too old to remember that sort of thing. Gives you wings. <laughs> And we are going to combine the two together to make an alicorn, which is a horse with wings and a horn. Oh, there you go. Is that just My Little Pony? 
Well, there goes my punchline for the whole show. <laughs> Sorry. Thanks for that. I'll leave. So it's a flying unicorn, essentially, mm-hmm. uh, associated with the winged horse Pegasus. Uh, so that hang on, I found the word alicorn refers to the horn of the unicorn. Don't know what Ali refers to. It could be, as you suggest, it could be Alan or Alison. Winged unicorns themselves have been shown in literature for many thousands of years. The ancient Assyrian seals depicting them along with winged bulls. Did you hear that? Winged bulls. Winged bulls. Red bulls. There you go. The alicorn allegedly representing the forces of good. With Nothing's the... ever new. No. no, no, it's all been around before. Yeah. They're just rehashing rubbish. And with the wind, <laughs> the look, the side, aggressive oh. side eye. I wish I had. I camera. told you, I'm my patience. Spend three weeks with her now. My patience is not good today. <laughs> After driving to and from Dubbo with very little sleep last night. Girls trip. Whose fault was that? We have to tell you all about Auntie Renata talking in her sleep. But I'll get back to that. Anyway, we were talking about the winged bull representing the forces of evil. In more recent times, they've often featured uh, on children's fairground rides. So you can jump on top of one and go for it. All right, so as we were saying, Cousin Steve, it's mostly been coined by the show My Little Pony, although that show didn't come up with the winged unicorn myth itself. Other names have been used throughout history for the alicorn, such as the winged unicorn, a seraptor, Oh, uh, Raptor, uni- Unisys, Pegacorn. Oh, or- that's bad. That sounds like you had a fight at the dinner table. <laughs> Hornisys, <laughs> a uni pig, oh. and, and a horny pig. <laughs> that that's sounds bad. like some uh, Prince William activity. That's there. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, oh. oh, no. Ooh, ah. no, I'm that's sorry. Bad. I'll tell you later. <gasps> oh. It's just something I don't know about. Yeah, I'll tell you later. We're too pure. We are way too pure. Yeah. The horn of the alicorn is said to possess magical healing qualities, and the alicorn beast itself is written about with considerable magical abilities, although little can really be found describing, the, in fact, these magical qualities. So they're just saying it's got magical qualities and nobody knows what they are. But right. authors, I'm sure, can come up with some interesting things. So uh, I did ask them to give me a story. Mm-hmm. I typed into chat GPT. There we go. Tell me a, a, a real story about an alicorn. A real story. And it said there are no real stories, but we'll tell you a myth. <laughs> <laughs> did you just spit your coffee out? Ellie? That's all right. Uh, <clears throat> Legend has it that alicorns are very rare and powerful creatures that possess magical abilities. They are said to be able to fly through the skies and create rainbows with their wings. Their horns are believed to have healing powers and are sought after by many who believe they can grant them eternal life. One interesting story about alicorns is that of the princess of the sky. According to legend, there was a young princess who lived in a kingdom high in the clouds, ruled by a powerful alicorn. Judy Jetson. The princess had always been fascinated by magical creatures and dreamed of having an alicorn 
all of her own. Mummy, I want an alicorn. <laughs> I want it now. <laughs> One day the princess ventured out into the clouds and stumbled oh. upon a lost baby alicorn. Oh, she took the baby alicorn under her wing and raised it as her own. She got wings too. Yeah, why she got wings? So that's what the I don't is. have the backstory to this, peoples. <laughs> I can only read what's written in front of me and I don't have the ability to improvise tonight. Sorry. <sighs> Where was I in my story? Wings. Under a wing. I'm, I'm really... Okay. So as the alicorn grew, so did the princess's magical powers. <gasps> and soon she was able to control the winds. Unlike Anne. <laughs> oh, no, I'd controlled mine quite well last night. <laughs> uh, I can give you details, but, you know... Maybe That's later. Not. Later okay. in the show. <laughs> uh, and uh, so she was able to control the winds and clouds. Years passed and the princess and her alicorn... A, a com- sorry. Ca- <laughs> now, you've caused an awkward spot. <laughs> So the princess and her alicorn companion became the protectors of the kingdom using their magical powers to keep the skies clear and the people safe. And through the princess, even though the princess eventually grew old and died, her alicorn companion lived on a symbol of hope and magic in the sky. Kind of like She-Ra. Who? Remember He-Man? Yeah. Twin sister She-Ra had a a horse with wings and a horn. Oh. Oh. Do you want to hear another quick story? I'd no. Love to. <laughs> <laughs> I'd love to, Renata's on the fence. Thank you, because you're a guest. I'll listen to you, Steve. <laughs> Thank you. Um, one day, uh, oh, hang on, what are we up to here? We've got an alicorn story from Chinese mythology. It is said that the emperor of China had an alicorn in his possession, and it was considered to be a symbol of his power and authority. The alicorn was believed to have the ability to purify poison and the emperor, wasn't that a Harry Potter thing? And uh, used it to protect himself against assassination attempts. One day, a thief broke into the palace and stole the alicorn. The emperor was devastated and believed that he would never be able to rule without it. However, the thief soon realised the true power of the alicorn and decided to use it for good. The thief travelled throughout the countryside using the alicorn's powers to heal the sick and purify poisoned water. As word of his deed spread, the people began to see the little thief as a hero and started calling him the Alicorn Knight. You're wrapped, Renata. I can see I've drawn you into this story. You're loving it. No? Okay. Years later, the thief returned the alicorn to the emperor, who was grateful for the thief's good deeds and pardoned him for his crime. From that day on, the emperor realised that the true power of the alicorn was not in its ability to protect him, but in its ability to bring healing and hope to his people. The story of the alicorn knight became a legend, and the alicorn remains a symbol of hope and healing to this day. Beautiful, Beautiful words. So, did you like it? That was deafening silence there. Team mock cream or team... Oh, my <laughs> God. Fresh cream, people. Read Just one of your, know. Read one of your, your things there. I'm sure the people who are okay, listening Dave, online appreciated it. Dave, who was the first um, to write in for this week... Dave and, the first. Uh, Dave Mann um, actually sent us a message on Tuesday. Love you, Dave. Uh, And he has a joke for us. A weary traveller looking for a place to stay came across a farm and he knocked on the door. That was rude of him. The door opened. Sorry, he wiped it off and (laughs) apologised. All the way across the farm. Hello. Been been holding on for a while. The door 
<laughs> and he said, stop, we're going to lose our place on this radio show. Hello, I am a mere weary traveller needing a place to rest for the night. The farmer said, I am a lonely Christian man. And I am happy for you to stay in my oh, barn. Oh, this is but sour. first, please come inside for a hot <laughs> for a hot meal. Stop. The weary traveller obliged and gave his thanks. Over dinner, he said, I am truly grateful for your kindness. I am also a psychic and have the ability to talk to animals. If you wish, I can ask your animals if they have any requests of you. The farmer said, that would be great. The morning dawned and the farmer invited him in for breakfast. The traveller said, I spoke with your horse and he said that you bought him a new bridle, but the mouthpiece is square and it hurts his mouth. And the farmer said, that's correct. The last one was round. The traveller said, I also spoke to your chickens. And they said that you had changed their feeding pellets and they don't like it. The farmer said, yes, I changed to a cheaper brand. Now the traveller looked at the farmer dead in the eyes and had a disappointed and disgusted look on his face. I spoke to your sheep. (laughs) The lonely farmer quickly stopped him and said, don't listen to a bloody word they say. They're a pack of liars and I didn't do it. (laughs) (laughs) That's a Dave joke. Thank you, Dave Mann. Oh, if you, you've heard the one about the um, how do New Zealanders find sheep in long grass? No, don't. No, 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 no. no. Very no. nice. Now, we also have Mandy from Utah in the USA. Oh, my heavens. Hello, Mandy. All the way from the USA. And she sent us a message on Friday. I love these messages that are coming through early. Oh, no. Oh, for a special. And she says, I love the ABCs of superstition. <gasps> oh, thank you. Particularly Renata's irritation with it <laughs> and the laughter it brings. Love you ladies so much. You make my day. Oh. Mandy from Utah in the USA. Love you, Mandy. Oh, Bless your heart. I think that's what people like about it most is that it upsets Renata. Oh. <laughs> and um, this is another one from the US. See, we, we're garnering people from all over the world. We are international now. I know. Hello, Anne, Renata and Darksiders from Jody in the US. Hi, Jody. Wishing you safe travels and remember to share your soda bread with the F no. creatures in Ireland. Oh, maybe maybe a couple of crumbs. Oh. It's very hard to let any of that, that soda bread go. Back on carbs for the whole day. Yeah. I've been, I've been gonna... off, off keto for two years. <laughs> I, I will read more of the... Um, wonderful messages after this song. All right, we'll head to a song, guys. We'll be back after this. Oh, I've got to find the button. Do you have paranormal questions? Well, we have the answers. It's time for Spooky Chat with Anne and Renata. And it's time for a little bit of uh, supernatural and ghostly chat, a bit of talk. Do we have any questions, Renata? No. Oh, wise one. No, no. Well, we actually did on the uh, the live, so I, I'm okay. going to have to try and find it. So, Phil, okay. Renata, Phil. No, okay, I'm going to just... Is there uh, any mock cream answers yet? Oh, yes, we've got some mock <gasps> cream answers. Stop. <coughs> You're not going to like them, but anyway. Oh, um, no. So, uh, a few more messages here. Karen... Our lovely Karen has put Bon Voyage, ladies. Uh, have a safe and awesome adventure overseas. I'm looking forward to watching your live crossovers. Mm, our Ooh. grand poobars are going to get the live crosses because they support us and help us get over there. So um, keep an eye on that. If you'd like to join that, uh, look up Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N. 
and then put in Anne and Renata and you'll find us and you can become a Grand Poobah for $10 US a month. They, they put it in US dollars. I don't know why. Yeah. I don't know why, but there you go. Now, um, Catherine, beautiful Catherine, fresh cream all the way. Oh, no. My aunt made mock cream and I have bad memories. Oh, no. Oh, How she can, didn't you make... You can't uh, muck up mock cream. You can't can, muck yeah, up you mock. can. You can. Can you? Um, Shane says team fresh cream. Oh, oh dear. Anne's no, no. the queen of the mock. Um, <laughs> big, big Byron says um, team fresh cream all the way. Oh. Always like a bit of fresh cream in my mouth. Oh, no. <laughs> Byron's been listening to that farm story. <laughs> now, Erin, Erin, Erin's a newbie. I'm sorry, Erin. Hi, Erin. <laughs> Welcome to the show. Sorry, we do have a support sweetheart. group for people who have listened to the show. <laughs> it's um, called Anne and Renata Frightfully Good on Facebook. Mm, <laughs> the family. Yes. And she says, um, Team Fresh Cream. <gasps> do we have any mock at no, all? No, no. Where are all the mock supporters? Come out and support the mock. Um, Daniela says, Team Fresh Cream. Big pass oh. on the mock. Oil and icing sugar, I'll pass. It's not oil and icing it's sugar. Butter. The one I do is um, butter and icing sugar and a bit of food colouring. And she says, oh, and I went to school with Andrew Benson. Oh, really? Yes. Now, John Pinkovich. Uh Uh-oh. Did you meet anyone else at Denman? No, John, we didn't. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. We didn't Um, stop at Denman on the way back. (laughs) Oh, Lee's got a question. Why do spirits... I know what he's saying. We met John at Denman oh, on the way there. We left off his name. He's upset now. Oh. <laughs> Sorry, John. Oh, okay. <sighs> Lee asks, why do spirits haunt places and do they do this to try to keep the living away? What a good question. I think I'd do that if I had the opportunity. <laughs> Just to annoy people. I'd be at Renata's house. Oh, go for it, girlfriend. <laughs> so, sorry, just say the question again because it's gone completely out my ears now. Um, okay, do they haunt gonna... people? Do they haunt their location to keep people away from it? Okay, so we have a couple of different types of hauntings that can possibly be there. And one of those uh, is a residual haunting, which actually means it's just like a movie that's playing in the location and there is no intelligence there. It is just a replay of um, those people that you would go through what they did every single day and it's embedded itself into the the structure and it's like sometimes you'll see a ghost walk through a wall like it's it's walking purposefully to do something and that's because you'll if you look up the floor plans you'll probably find originally there was not a wall there or there was a doorway or something and you can call out to them and ask them to reply to you and they're not going to because there is no awareness. It'd be like watching, going to the movies and calling out to the actors that you're watching on the screen to talk to you. They can't hear you. Uh, the other one is an intelligent uh, haunting or a haunting of place where you may actually have somebody who is still residing in the house. Are they there because they used to live there and that was their favourite place to be? So therefore they come back to that location to spend their afterlife as well. Are they possessive of the location and don't want other people there? They want to keep it to themselves and therefore they become a nuisance. Or is it one of your loved ones from the other side who are trying to make contact with you and give you a message? And so you think you've got a haunting and you're freaked out about it, but it's just grandma trying to say, just make sure you get your blood pressure checked. Love, you might be having a few problems. You got anything else to add to that, Renata? Yeah, look, one of the things that we find very, very difficult is that ghosts um, or spirits, however you wish to call them, 
seem to have a very bad reputation and they're getting an even worse reputation nowadays because everything seems to be demonic and um, some sort of possessive spirit. And if you look through the annals of time and you look at the amount of information that has been supplied about the paranormal and ghosts and spirits, you will probably find if you are um, going through a lot of information is that 98%, 99% of most paranormal uh, situations yeah. Uh, our memories of our loved ones. Our loved ones are coming back to <coughs> fulfill something that they wish to finish off or tell us something or just let us know that they're there or for protection. The amount of things that are out there to hurt us is so minimal that unless you're <coughs> really putting yourself into a situation where you are attracting that harm, um, it's not going to hurt you. And this is why people keep on asking, are they all out there to hurt us? No, they're not. Not at all. Um, and we have a tough time trying to uh, explain that. When they appear, it might be frightening to you because you're not expecting it. And your brain logically can't process what you're seeing. But it's probably not harmful at all. And so, our body goes into that flight or flight, flight or fight. Yes, yes. Uh, the adrenaline rushes through your body. You get that that rush, and you're you're ready to either fight this thing or run like, run like the wind. So unless you've had really bad experiences, um, which really you should sit down and talk to someone who knows the business world that can you know talk to you about it, so that you're not you know scared um, or frightened um, excessively. Um, yeah, otherwise, it's uh, guys, there's not that many demons out there, honestly. They're, they're not there. And I, that word and demon chasing you. is very contentious for me as well. Yeah, yeah. It's a, it's a label that is just bandied around way too much. Yeah. All right, we need to head to a song. Uh, we'll be back after this with some more questions. You're listening to Spooky Sundays with Anne and Renata on Newcastle Live. And wasn't that a cracker of a song? A bit of Slim Dusty. And, uh, oh, you're not on, Renata. Oh, you know what I've done? I've turned on uh, Stephen myself and not Renata. Right. I think I've now turned on an extra microphone for Great. the ghost in the corner. <laughs> uh, yeah, so a bit of Slim Dusty. And he's talking about the pilliger and, and spooky things yes. that are happening out there. And you, there you got go. very excited when you heard the word bush pig. I thought he said... Bush pig. Yeah, and then, not. then he said Banshee. And I thought, Slim Psychic. I know. Because I'm doing Banshee next week on the Got ABC some bad of news Paranormal. For you about Slim. Mm -hmm. Got some bad news for you about Slim. Oh, really? He's, he's dead, mate. <gasps> no! <laughs> when did psychic. that happen? <laughs> about 20 years ago. <laughs> mm. Was he it him that had the Slim Dusty chair that raised you up out of the. Yes. It was, wasn't yes. it? Someone, yeah. someone did a knockoff one. Yeah, I need to get a uh, one for my dad. He's got to that stage. He needs, get up needs the, <laughs> he needs the one that like, shoves you out. The one from, it's Gremlins, isn't it? Once she gets on the, gets on the one that goes upstairs and they've hot wired and it shoots her out the window. <laughs> I think it is Gremlins. Oh, oh dear. Oh. All right, Renata, what yes, have you got for we, us? We have a question from Lisa. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear Lisa. Happy birthday to you. Oh, that was oh. <laughs> that very nice. Sounds. Very nice. 
and she asks, how do spirits find us at different locations? Mm, very nice. <laughs> find you very nice. Mm, very nice. Very nice. The Pepe Le Pew spirits. Now, is it, is it unfinished? Oh, sorry. Sometimes even before we've called out to them. Right, because what happened to Dubbo? Yes. We had a particular visitor. I was about to eat my piece of cheese, but never mind. <laughs> uh, yes, we were working the, the Estes method in the hospital room at the Dubbo jail and we had a whole group of our regulars that were on and we had the name uh, Robert come up and the name John come up. Now John was um, a little sarcastic, dry with his humour and was going, it was a joke, it was a joke and um, we're going, yeah, 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 right, whatever. And then this Robert came on it started to get a bit bossy and then John, who is one of the real living people, who is one of our regulars, hi John, uh, started cottoning onto the fact that it was Robert the Hangman, yes. Nosy Bob. Nosy Bob. He's been a busy boy He's lately. been a very he? busy boy. And he identified himself uh, as the Hangman. And I missed it, but apparently he said, because um, I, I had the portal running with two headphones and I had the spirit box running with uh, two headphones, four headphones. And uh, one of them said... Maitland and the other one said jail because oh, we asked where he came oh, from. Okay. Wow. Yeah, it was pretty insane. It was a really amazing moment. And he was—he was. They were talking about a horse, something to do with a horse. Because um, he was kicked by a horse. No, but he, he had a, a horse that was something to do with like it was a really good horse or something. I don't oh, know what okay. that was because I didn't listen to Rachel's talk. And we did ask him uh, how did he feel about the talk or the book that Rachel did. And he said they said something like it's not all true or something. Oh, oh okay. Yeah. Hmm. So how come back and have words with him then? Uh, so how do the spirits find us? I reckon. That they they don't find us. I think we think of them, mm-hmm. and that is how they locate us. That's a connection. Yeah, is that all you got to say? Mm. Especially for like Maitland Jail because we're there a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know we feel like we know them, so they would have to know. Mm. They see us and no names. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, names come out of spirit. Boxes but John got a really good connection with him, so I don't know whether. And when they were talking about it, it was a joke. It was all. That, and John has a dry sense of humour, so I don't know whether they were trying to signify to John that he needed to talk and ask questions. But as soon as John started asking questions, it really the connection was great. Mm-hmm. Cool. Mm. I thought that was interesting. And now we have to also consider that what we what we're dealing with is energy. Now, this isn't a form that is stuck in, in a body that needs to travel uh, using some sort of you know, device like a car or an aeroplane or whatever. It is free to go wherever it needs to go. I wish it was free for us to fly on Wednesday. So um, I, I, I kind of agree with Anne. I think part of the process is us making the connection and they are free to go wherever they want to go. Yep. Mm. Good question, uh, though. Sometimes they also seem to know ahead of time. For me, I think if you were energy, that time is not linear. I don't think it would be just, you know, this is the past, this is the present, that's the future. I think you could possibly skip around a bit through the timeline. Mm-hmm. Um, I do have a message from someone. I all, all I have is the mobile number, so I will not read that out. Um, <laughs> but they have a shout-out to Paula 
Emma and Hamish. Oh, thank you for sending that through. Paula, Emma and Hamish. Hi, Paula, Emma and Hamish. How are you doing? Um, we also have Becca Lee, who <gasps> is Team Mock. Becca Girl, Lee. Thank you, Becca Lee. Girlfriend. You're on, thank the, you. you're on the best team. <laughs> Sky is Fresh Cream. Oh, sorry, she says. Mm. Um, she say that, does she? Yeah, sorry. Um, and Lee has another question. Oh, good. Can you ask directly at seance or a session with a medium for a particular spirit to come through? Yes, yes. you can. Yes, you can. I kind of think that sometimes it's not the person that you're asking for, but the person that you need to be hearing from or who has a particular message to, receive, to give to you. Um, but all the mediums seem to get... The right person. Especially mm. if you're half paranormal. But do, they <laughs> <laughs> but do they get the right information? <coughs> it's very easy to say, yes, I've got your grandmother here and uh, she's talking to me. What would you like to know? Um, do the Does the medium pass on the correct information or are they fishing? Mm. That's how you know whether it's truly the person that you want to connect with. Mm. Cold reading and hot reading. Oh, apparently. what's a hot reading? Bikram. Uh, so what? Bikram reading. <laughs> In a room about 32 degrees. Oh, okay. Mm. Delicious. Um, yeah, we'll go into that after the song. But right. uh, uh, Daniela has actually put, Nosy Bob had a horse that was trained really well. It would take him uh, to the station and then go home and then go back to pick him up. <gasps> wow. And would carry a billy to the pub in his mouth with the money for a beer and then carry it home to rob it. Oh, my goodness. How does a horse know a, t a train timetable? I have no idea. Do no. They, do no, they cope with daylight savings? No, well trained, not a train. No, but he dropped him at the station and then went back to pick him up. We're assuming train station, right? So how do you know when Nosy Bob's rocking up on the 411 from Gimby? <laughs> <laughs> Daniela, you're going to have to help with that. I, I think know. he's an alicorn, mate. <laughs> All right. Listen up, guys. We're going to go to a song. Now, Renata has chosen this from Shane's list, and I'm not responsible. Uh, it, it will be followed up by Dick Mark's song, Hazard. Uh, sorry, Richard Mark's. Uh, <laughs> but we're going to kick it off. So go get your cup of tea. Black Sabbath. Oh. You ready for it? Fairies wear boots. <gasps> we'll be back after the break. It's time to cross back to the other side. Welcome back to Spooky Sundays with Anne and Renata. And welcome back, everyone, for the second hour of Spooky Sundays. We are in the studio and myself and Cousin Steve. Oh, she remembered your name. And it is now time for Cousin Steve's Spooky Corner. Creepy Corner. Oh, Creepy Close. Corner. Creepy and Spooky. Just remember, Creepy Steve. Got it. The, the Spooky <laughs> Corner is adjacent. Okay. We're in the Creepy Corner. Creepy That's Corner. right. Sunday Spookers, we're back in the Creepy Corner, digging the dirt on everything paranormal oh. in the pop culture world. Now, last week we talked about... It is a bit warm in here, it's isn't warm. it? Um, it's probably going to hell. Um, <laughs> Satan's coming for us. Satan's butt crack is coming for us. Last week we talked about immersive experiences and mm. the one that's going on seance at the powerhouse with yes. Dark Child Productions. Now, this is a very different immersive experience. London-based at the moment. It's a theatre show. Right. It is called 222, a ghost story. 222. 
22. So let me give you a little bit of a synopsis, as it were. Oh, please do. About 222. So Jenny believes her new home is haunted, but her husband Sam isn't having any of it. They argue with their first dinner guests, old friend Lauren and her new partner Ben. Can the dead really walk again? Belief and scepticism clash, but something feels strange and frightening, and that something is getting closer. So they're going to stay up till 2.22, and then they'll know. Mm. Set the so new this time. is a play. Yep, this is a play that is going berserk. It's a play. On the West End. Yes, it's a sit down play. Oh. Sit down play, and uh, it revolves around this new couple um, moving into a new house. They have a baby. Uh, yeah, there's always a baby in these stories, isn't there? <laughs> and the the alleged haunting begins with her hearing things, Jenny hearing things through the baby monitor. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah, that's a good old trope, that one. Yep. And it, it plays itself out here. Now, this uh, this show is massive, massive, massively popular. It is award-winning. It's um, won multiple awards. Best New Play, the What's On Stage Awards, and it has won the Olivier Award. Oh, oh wow. wow. That's like serious You'll never stuff. guess what for, though. Uh, best Effects? No. For a breakout theatrical a- debut. Oh, right, okay. Oh, nice. For Lily Allen, the singer who played Jenny. Oh, oh fabulous. So Lily wow. Allen played Jenny. Um, Cheryl Cole has also played Duck Jenny you. recently. Um, oh, so awesome. two pop stars have played Jenny and they're branching out and trying different things. I love it. Very atmospheric from what I've heard. Mm-hmm. The run in the UK just happens to finish on September 17th. It's been extended and I will be over there yes. and in London until September 17th. Oh. So it is, I'm going to book a ticket and go for <gasps> gold. This play is written by uh, award-winning writer Danny Robbins. Now, that name may not ring a bell. It does. He's the but uncanny? He is the, he is the creator of uncanny. BBC Podcast, yes. the Battersea Podcast, ah, and the, the Battersea thing. Poltergeist, sorry. Yeah. And The Witch Farm. Yes, yes. So have you guys listened to either of those? I follow everything he does. He is freaking awesome. You should listen to... Maybe on the plane trip. (laughs) He's awesome. The Battersea Podcast, the Battersea Poltergeist is a cold case. Yes, we were looking at doing that on True Hauntings, our podcast, uh, but it was quite big. Yeah, so it's a cold case that's been reinvestigated through the lens of drama and documentary. Mm-hmm. So it has the case files, but it also has reenactments, but it has real-life people in it too. Kieran O'Keefe is yeah. part of it mm-hmm. as, as the, the parapsychologist. And I've listened to probably half of it. It is very engrossing. It takes you back to those yep. olden-day radio, like... Yep. Yeah, yeah, it's great. And he involves his listeners, so mm. he they're allowed to send in what they believe is going on. Oh, a bit uh, like he, us. He's yeah. very, very good. Very good. Did they copy us? They have. They have a kind <laughs> of a rich heritage of paranormal drama in in the West End. They have. Uh, they've got. They've, they, they do some things that aren't necessarily you know popular everywhere else. I actually saw on my second trip to London. The Exorcist. Oh. As a stage play. What? Yes. <laughs> yeah. Is it good? It was amazing. Did the, they have the pea, pea green soup? They had the crucifix scene. They had they all what? of that. <laughs> they had it all. And the girl that 
played Reagan. I do not know how they did it. She looked like a legitimate child at the beginning of it. And as the play grew, you know, its legs, she got older. She looked, by the end of it, she looked mid-40s, like mid to late 40s. And the special effects were amazing. They they used the screens and all that kind of stuff. They used technology to, to kind of, I guess, accentuate things they couldn't do. But they did things... On stage, it weren't in the actual... Oh, how amazing. Like, so at the end of this exorcist, sorry for spoiling, we all know that Father Karras takes a sort of short way down the stairs, yep. but he was actually played by Australia's Adam Garcia when I oh. was there. So, um, who, I, who I've actually worked with before. Aussie, Aussie, Aussie. I've worked with Adam just quietly. Oh. Um, but he slit his throat on stage and then threw himself off stage and you saw his body fall down the staircase. Animate like animated. It was uh, it was wow. very intense. But the biggest and probably like the the most popular play on the West End is The Woman in Black. It is the longest running play. Oh, yes. And yeah. I've I've said it to you before, if you go to the UK, do yourself a favour and go and see the woman in black for a two-hander play. It has you right by the short Sean and curlies. <laughs> but we do but, have good news oh, for the we? Australians. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Regarding 222. <gasps> yes. A four-week run <gasps> in Melbourne. Oh, guess oh. where we're going. Goes on sale oh. May 19th. So if you want to check it out, the Australian website has just launched. There is a whole heap of material about 222, a ghost story online. Check it out and see what you think. I am very, very curious to see what this whole thing is going to do. So That sounds awesome. Another way in which, you know, we're getting our spook on. We are. Fabulous. Are we going to try and get to Melbourne to see it? (laughs) Let's hope it's. We can hope for Sydney. I guess if it's popular in Melbourne, yeah. If a four-week engagement, yeah. It's we live in hope. We yep. live in hope, but yeah, we're, yeah, we 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 don't have the funds at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> we're saving our pennies. Um, <laughs> anyway, we we've got to go to a song. Have, have you, are you done? I'm done. Excellent. I told fabulous. You five minutes. Oh, you got gotcha you good. I know. We're going to come back with Renata's story straight mm-hmm. after this fantastic song. We're going to be boogieing all the way. With a bit of Will Smith. You're listening to Spooky Sundays with Anne and Renata on Newcastle Live. Oh, you've been waiting for this one, ladies and gentlemen. The green-skinned children of Walpit. Oh, yes, that's right. The green children. I forgot about that. Mm, Yes. So this is my story and I'm going to get straight into it because there are a couple of pages here. But she will repeat each sentence three times. Mm. (laughs) Shots fired. I will not. (laughs) In at least two historical accounts, children with green skin appeared in the English village of Woolpit in the 12th century. But to this day, this strange tale continues to leave historians baffled. On an otherwise normal day around 1150... That is 
the year 1150, not the time 1150, residents of the English village of Woolpit made a startling discovery on the edge of town. Two small children with green skin. Not only did the children look strange, but they also spoke a strange language and seemed perfectly repulsed by most food. <coughs> Taken in by the villagers, the odd pair eventually lost the green tone in their skin and learned to speak English. They claimed that they'd come from a distant land called St Martin, where people rarely encountered sunlight. In the years since, the green children of Woolpit have become a baffling historical mystery. If they truly existed, what turned their skin green? What was the land of St Martin and could this explanation be extraterrestrial? Now, the story of the green children of Woolpit was recounted by two different chroniclers, the 13th century historian William of Newborough and the 12th century abbot Ralph of Cogshall. But Newborough and Cogshall both tell a similar story of how two green children appeared in the village of Woolpit. As the tale goes, the two children were discovered by villagers around the year 1150. Historic UK reports that they were spotted crawling out of one of the pits meant for catching wolves that gave the village its name. Wool pit in Old English is wolf pit, W-L-F-P-Y-T-T. Most startling of all, they were green. During harvest, while the reapers were employed in gathering in the produce of the fields, two children, a boy and a girl, completely green in their persons and clad in garments of a strange colour and unknown materials emerged from these wolf pits. Newborough recounted in his Historia Rerum Anglicarium, History of English Affairs in 1220. Not only were the children green and clad in strange clothing, but they also seemed to speak gibberish. Cogshaw reports that they were taken to the home of Sir Richard de Calne, who lived nearby. But though de Calne offered the green children food, they refused to eat anything. A few days later, the green children of Orpit discovered some green beans growing in de Calne's garden and eagerly gobbled them up. Before long, they reportedly took to eating the food the villagers offered them as well and began to lose the green tinge of their skin. Though the little boy grew sick and died, the girl seemed to flourish under the villagers' care. Before long, she mastered the English language and told the people of Walpit a strange story about their homeland. The girl who took the name Agnes Barr according to Ancient Origins, eventually told the villagers that she and her brother had come from a place called St Martin, but she wasn't sure how they'd ended up in Warpit. On a certain day when we were feeding our father's flocks in the fields, we heard a great sound. And as we are now accustomed to hear at St Edmund's when the bells are chiming, she said, and whilst listening to the sound in admiration, we became on a sudden, as it were, entranced and found ourselves among... Uh, your fields where you were reaping. Upon further questioning, she said that her count, count country. <laughs> Come again. These freaking pauses. Oh dear. She started with count. count. That's all I can say. Country was Christian and had churches, but otherwise was quite different from England. 
The sun does not rise upon our countrymen. Our land is little cheered by its beams. We are contented that uh, with that twilight which among you precedes the sunrise or follows the sunset, she explained, according to Nubra. Moreover, a certain luminous country it seen is seen not far distant from ours and divided from it by a considerable river. But no one ever found out where exactly the green children of Warpit came from. As Mental Floss reports, the girl Agnes apparently lived a fairly normal life, although some sources state that she became rather loose and wanton in her conduct in her late in, later years. So who were the green children and what was the land of St Martin? And could the explanation be extraterrestrial, as we asked before? Though it's unclear whether the green children of Warpit ever truly existed, this story has fascinated people for centuries. Today, there are a few possible explanations for the children's skin, clothing and language. As Mental Floss explains, they may have been poisoned with arsenic oh, and left yeah. to die, which could explain their green-toned skin. Another explanation for their green skin could be chlorosis, which results from malnutrition and may explain why their green skin faded away as they adjusted to a better uh -huh, diet. Right, yeah. As for their strange language and clothing, Historic UK notes that they may have been children of Flemish immigrants who were killed by King Stephen or King Henry II. Thus, what the villagers in Woolpit took as gibberish might actually have been Dutch. And the twilight, the twilight described by the children could have been the leafy darkness of nearby Thetford Forest. What was that? Thetford. Thetford Forest. Thetford. Banff. Then again, others have offered some very different explanations. As Ancient Origins explained, some claim that children's green skin, strange clothes and unintelligible language are a sure sign they came from outer space. Yeah, demonic. This theory appears to have first been put forward in the 17th century when Robert Burton wrote in The Anatomy of Melancholy in 1621 that the green children of Woolpit fell from heaven. Though there's little evidence to back this theory up, it's certainly true that there are some overlaps between the story of the green children and modern descriptions of aliens as little green men. Of course, there are some who say that the green children never existed at all. Figment of their imagination. To William of Newborough, who chronicled their story, there is simply no doubt. In his account of the children, he wrote, Let everyone say as he pleases and reason on such matters according to his abilities. I feel no regret at having recorded an event so prestigious and miraculous. I'm special. Well, St. Martin's an island in the Caribbean. The what? what? St. Martin okay. is an island in the Caribbean mm -hmm. as well. Yes. Maybe they got dropped off. I know why they're green, by the way. I figured what? it out. What? They're the cheap ones you get from... From AliExpress and oh, stuff, yeah. and you've worn them in the in the chlorine. They've yeah. gone green. They've yeah. gone green. Yeah, that's true. That, that's it. Mm. I, uh, that. I I have to raise something here. Oh, I I have had a, a listener text in, and I have to agree with them. Oh. I may be back on the fence for mock and fresh, mm. because Lisa said mock cream and cakes spot on, but when it comes to scones, it's got to be fresh. That is true. That is true. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I, I will make that caveat. I will have the fresh 
cream. Are you opening biscuits? No, really? I'm not. No, I'm, my ADHD is kicked in. <laughs> cleaning. She's tidy. She's done her story now. She oh. loses interest in everything else that's happening. <laughs> and I'm trying to get back to the rest of the stories. But, uh, for some unknown reason, it's locked up on me. Well, As let's go do. to a song. It is 9.30. Oh. It's time for a song. Okay. Oh. I had so many shout-outs and things to we do We will there. do that we'll when we come out. back. All right. Oh, this is a good one. Every time we get interviewed, they play this one. Enjoy, everybody. Spooky Sundays with Anne and Renata on Newcastle Live. Welcome back, everyone. And did you notice they changed the lyrics they of did. that song? They finally got it right. Remix. Yes. Yeah. Wow. Did anyone That's else cool. notice the change? Mm. Uh, Robert suggested it should be Ghost Grannies. Mm. Mm. No, they wouldn't sell. It just wouldn't sell. She's mm. still not sold on no, it. No, I'm not. I'm not. All right. So what's what's the go? Am I going to do my story? You're going to we... do your story. Oh. Well, see, do what you feel. It's Bon Voyage. Oh, I'm going home then. <laughs> No, you've still got to work for 25 more minutes. All right. Well, look, I'm going to be honest here. I have not prepped this properly. I didn't get time to get home and read it because the family took me out for a a lovely Chinese dinner and I got home 10 minutes before Renata turned up and that that time I was packing up my computer to get out the door. So I'm going to cold read it and you're all going to love it and I've had a glass of champagne so anything could happen. Right. And look, I want to give a shout out to the Wizardress of Oz, Sarah Chubachero. This is her story and it is from the magazine. I've got to get over to the front page. Haunted, if I can find it there, uh, which Sarah does sell. So if you would like to purchase that magazine, head over to Living Life in the Full Spectrum Mm -hmm. and uh, put your name down on her list. And this was issue issue 28. And it's so good to see there's some Australians' names that are popping up in these articles. But this is the tragedy and the haunting of Tasma Terrace. And this is about a building which is on the outskirts of Melbourne CBD, which stands for, because we know there's a couple of CBDs, Central Business District. There, it's called Tasma, and it's a collection of terraces that were built in the 1800s, which have now been restored and has become the headquarters of the National Trust of Victoria. Now, some of the staff, poor things, are feeling a little bit uneasy in there, in some of the rooms, and some of them have even seen the ghost of a woman standing by the photocopier. Oh. She's getting some... Um, That's a very 90s slash 80s mm. place to see it, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Near the photocopier. But you hate, That's where I women ha- belong. I hate a paper either, jam. Yeah, either near the photocopier or at the sink. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Did you just go there? So many of the staff were actually too scared to work there late at night and they would not lock up by themselves. They had to have a lock-up buddy, as you do, because um, they were worried about seeing the ghost of this woman. But... There is an actual basis for the fact why there may may be the ghost of a woman (coughs) there because somebody, a lady, was murdered there. Oh, no. Her name was Edith Jane Forrester Jubb and she ran and lived in the lodgings called Tasma Terrace. Now, it was very controversial at the time because she lived with her lover, (gasps) Mr. Alfred Turner, and with them also lived the 15-year-old daughter, Fanny. Fanny Turner. (laughs) (laughs) Didn't go there. 
No, that was Fanny Jubb. Um, Forrester Jubb. We'll just stop there, shall we? And she can Forrester. Im- God. So you can imagine that this is the 1800s. This is something that you just would not do in the 1800s is live with a lover. <gasps> and it was also rumoured that poor old Edith <laughs> was an adulteress. <gasps> She's run off with some married men and done the new new naughty naughties. She's been a fatty forester, she has. <laughs> We don't know whether it was really true or not or whether people were just spreading nasty rumours because this woman was running a business on her own and they're just probably making assumptions and saying horrible things. Anyway, Alfred, the lover, was rumoured to be a rather aggressive, horrible, violent man. His stepdaughter Fanny had witnessed his cruelty. Stop it. (laughs) Stop it. I'm not going to do this story. I I thought you said he stepped on. Not his stepdaughter. His step. They've had a glass of wine. There is nothing we can do. You did too. We are on our bon voyage party, as this is our last official engagement. (laughs) She got it too. Honey, bananas falling off a perch. His stepdaughter, Fanny. His stepdaughter witnessed his cruelty first head towards mum. She said he even threatened to shoot. Poor mum, on many, many occasions. Some of us are more professional here. And one day, he actually followed through on his threat. (coughs) On the 14th of August, 1890, a barrister who also lived in the Parliament Palace address, known as Tasma Terrace, heard the gunshots and, of course, thought, oh, I must investigate this, and took off to see what it was. He also fetched Dr. Charles Ryan just to help in case there might be an issue. On their way back to the terrace, they found Constable William Harley nearby. They took him along for the party as well. They figured, you know, why not? We're all going down there. Let's have a look. So that was the first officer on the scene and found Alfred standing in the hallway with a gash to his forehead. (laughs) Stop it. Behave. Cousin Steve's pulling faces. Um, now, Constable Harley continued uh, on through the house into the dining room and then out into the bedroom at the rear of the building where he found poor old Edith lying lifeless. She had a gun in her left hand and the left side of her body was soaked in her own blood. Now, you've got to remember that because apparently there's something coming up that's going to reveal and you need to know that information. The gun was found in her left hand and the left side of her body was soaked in her blood. Now, the left side of her face was swollen and she had a bullet hole beneath her left eye and a second gunshot wound near the left ear. So she shot herself in the eye and then shot herself in next to the ear. Or it's an exit wound. No, because the eye is that direction. Yeah, but it should and go like this. Well, we'll find out. The first bullet merely only fractured her upper jaw, but the second bullet was fatal. She didn't do it. She didn't do it. Is that your psychic yeah. opinion? Yes. So firstly, uh, she was shot twice with a revolver that... Um, so they opened an inquest. Uh, the, the first shot... Sorry, I'll get my teeth back in. She was shot twice with a revolver that needed to be recocked after each shot. Lots of trigger words in here, isn't there, ladies and gentlemen? It'd be pretty hard to shoot yourself in the head, recock the revolver, and then give it to another to go and finish the job. Mm. 
The doctor that did the autopsy, however, ruled this was indeed possible. The biggest problem with the story was that Elizabeth was found with the gun in her left hand with injuries located on the left-hand side of the body. This would only be possible if you were left-handed. Edith's daughter, Fanny, swears that her mother was right-handed and also hated guns of any type. She even went to the extremes of hiding Alfred's gun. Probably was a bit suspicious that he might get a bit violent with it, I'd say. Mm. Um, it's not known if she was... It was because she feared of what he would do. It was due to the fact she hated guns. Oh, see, she had the same thoughts I did. Mm. So during the commotion... Uh, during the whole commotion, it was doing that a bullet. Well, that didn't make sense. Somebody stuffed up there with a the copy. During the whole commotion, it was doing that a bullet had strayed and hit the wall. Doing do. Uh, the dislodged plaster and injured Alfred explained the gash on his forehead. So they're trying to make it look like now he got injured as well. Uh, the uh, Murder suicide was the story. Uh, so she tried to murder Alfred and then took her own life. According to the records, the all-male jury went on a character assassination of poor old Edith as an immoral, alcoholic, jealous woman. And poor Alfred was merely a man suffering from financial stress and suffering from frustration from their social status based on their current living style. Oh, poor Alfred. Yes, yes. I can't say that word on radio, can I? Mm. After 45 minutes, even though the defence put forward witness accounts from daughter Fanny of aggression and abuse and the fact that her mother was right-handed and could not have killed herself. The all-male jury deemed it was suicide and Alfred was free to go. Normal story back in the 1800s. Right. Yes, he and Edith's children... Uh, sorry, he and Edith's children seem to disappear off the face of the earth and no record of them can be found after the trial, so it's unknown if he fled or just kept a low profile. I reckon poor old Fanny copped it in so many ways. So the section of the terrace where the murder occurred um, has since been demolished, so it's gone. However, her body was held in the dining room at Tasma Terrace where the inquest inquest (laughs) also took place. Her, Her body was held in the room for days. The dining room is still standing as is the hall where Alfred was also found. So Sarah was lucky enough to be one of the first people to investigate what was left of this place, of the terrace as Mm -hmm. well, hosting a special one-event night. Now, she goes on to talk about the areas that they investigated, but uh, I don't know. Should we go on? Uh, There's a little bit more, but maybe we'll go to a song Mm -hmm. and we'll come back with the rest of the story and we'll tell you what Sarah found. Now, this is a big song. (gasps) We're all going to be going down to Georgia with the devil and we'll be back after this. Spooky Sundays with Anne and Renata on Newcastle Live. Welcome back, everyone. We are not long off finishing tonight, but Woo-hoo. Anne has to finish her story first. So go there, Anne. All right. Thank you. So we were talking about Tasma Terrace in Melbourne, and uh, this is Sarah Chumachero's article in The Haunted magazine, and uh, Sarah has now had the opportunity to investigate this location. And I really like the way Sarah and her team work. She said they investigated three key areas. The first was the dining room where the inquest was held. At this time, they they didn't know all of the history behind Tasma Terrace. They knew that a woman had been murdered 
and that that was all they really wanted um, because they wanted the the evidence to give them the now when we say evidence we mean the paranormal evidence from EVPs and asking questions and spirit boxes and things like that they wanted the names and the people involved to tell the story themselves and then they find out whether that was true or not which I really like that it's really exciting when you then find out afterwards that that was um, a, a hit mm. so they received several names through the SB7 so that is a <coughs> sorry a radio scanner um, uh, spirit box and the GD box which is uh, one of the portals that you have and they had the name Harley come through now do you remember who Harley was no now, who was listening to the story or were they just was- giggling about stepping on Fanny. I was fixated on Fanny. <laughs> there was a Constable Harley oh. that was the first police officer on the scene oh, and he right. was connected to the case. Now, the name Emily also came through and when they did a bit of research, they found out that was Alfred's six-year-old daughter. Oh. So I like that. They also were using a REM pod, so that picks up on uh, the the something passing around that area. It's like a proximity sensor. Uh, They had some REM pod activity at the same time, along with one of the staff members who worked in the office, feeling like they had connected with the spirit of Alfred. Now, Sarah said that it was an amazing example of how information can be validated after investigation and why it can be useful going in without prior historical knowledge that can unknowingly lead you. So it gives you a bit of a bias, really, and you're, you're looking for things instead of just allowing it to flow. Uh, so it makes the results so much more convincing. Tasma Terrace, as it stands today, is only open to the general public during special uh, open weekends, just like Miss Porter's house here in Newcastle. Mm-hmm. It, it was set for demolition in 1970 when the National Trust of Victoria stepped in and Heritage listed its status and revamped it into their head office, which I think is just a wonderful way to look after these terraces. And if you go online and have a look at the picture of Tasma Terrace, it's quite grand. Yes. Well, that brings us to the end of the show, but we've got a few shout-outs. So firstly, shout out to Robert. Hi, Robert. How are you going? He wants one of the biscuits that you've been rattling around there. Uh, Sky also says hello. And she was talking about the horrible histories covered the story of the green children. And she particularly loved that last song. I won't say what she actually said. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so they're talking about Nosy Bob. We talked about that. He When he went to work at Darlinghurst Jail and home from above, he was always on the same uh, train every time, so that's how they knew. How the horse yeah, um, some dogs do that though. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, Daisy, hi Daisy. Uh, she's been watching uh, some shows and content on YouTube and said that the paranormal community seems to be targeted at the moment. Is this only something that's happening in the USA, or is it fe- affecting us as well? And I just said to the the team that I had put up a little clip of something that said, um, was this ghost scratches I had on my arm? And it was a, um, a shorts on YouTube. And it didn't get very many hits at all. Whereas 
ones with you with some sort of static coming out of your head. This has had over a thousand, so I don't understand. Um, but hi, hope you're doing well. Uh, thanks for joining us. And we've had a couple of people also tell us that it is the Smoky Dawson chair was the other one. It was, thank you. I was yeah. like, cowboy hat. You can get back on the microphone there, Steve. <laughs> Sorry, everyone. <laughs> we will train him up. He will I get better out. at this. I was tapped out. I'm he sorry. was. We we well it actually it is time. We need to get out of here because we've got to finish off with the song and this is the Bon Voyage. Yeah. But and there will please, be two shows. There we, will be sh- there'll be three shows. Yes, we ask you please come back every Sunday, put the radio on and even if you've got to listen in the background, please, please, please listen to our shows. We have pre recorded them all. We've put our blood, sweat and tears and the stories and everything into them so that we can continue to entertain you while we're not here. And it will also let you know where we are on our journey and what we're up to. And we've got stories and things associated for where we are at that time on the journey mm-hmm. and some of the locations we're going to. Yes. We've got to go. Bye, Cousin Steve. Thanks for coming in. Thank Thanks you, for having me. Bon voyage. Thank you, everyone. everyone. Thank you, everyone, for being here. If you want to buy us a coffee, Anne and Renata, we're out. Bye. Bye. Most mysteries can be solved by looking at the facts. But sometimes the facts don't give us the answer. So it's time to call in Anne and Renata. Spooky Sundays, when the truth lies beyond a logical answer. Dive deep into the world of the unknown with real ghost stories and the unexplainable. Sometimes unconventional, but always entertaining. It's Spooky Sundays with Anne and Renata. Sunday from 8pm, only on Newcastle Live.